Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. All right, uh, this month I had a, a, a series, a sermon series planned that I was actually, I was pretty excited about it. But over the last couple weeks, as I've been thinking about this series, uh, I felt like I was supposed to put it on the shelf uh, and move in a different direction. So that's what I'm going to do. Now, uh, those of you who know me uh, know that I'm a little bit of a sports fan. In fact, today's kind of a special day. It's uh, the first day of August, and August to me uh, means the return of college football. And, and just so you know, if you're from Georgia, you don't really get excited about the NFL, uh, the Falcons. I'm live streaming here. I got to remember that. You don't really get excited about the NFL, but uh, college football is what I get excited about. Uh, but uh, for years, sports to me represented kind of an escape from reality. It's it's kind of a, a three-hour window to just escape from the conflict, from the politics, from the division. But sports has become pretty frustrating because if you watch sports, it's no longer an escape from all that. It's actually uh, brought to the forefront, and the sports game is kind of secondary uh, to the political message behind it. So what used to be an escape from reality is now just a stage to broadcast political messages and, and more division. Uh, I, I say that just to say, uh, when we gather here every Sunday morning, uh, it's important that we don't view this as an escape from reality. And we don't come here... Uh, and pretend that there's nothing going on out there. Actually, this is an opportunity to come as a family with all that mess that's out there and lay it at the foot of the cross together and bring it to the throne together. And as individuals, we don't come and, and pretend that there's nothing going on in my life, but this is a place where we can come and encourage one another and lift one another up and be real with one another. And as a pastor, uh, it's not my job to help you escape reality. Uh, it's my job to equip you to face reality from the framework of the Word of God. Okay? And that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to do my best to equip you to face the mess that's going on out there from the framework of the Word of God. Uh, that's actually the premise of the series that uh, we're going to begin today. Is, is We're going to begin taking some of the realities that we're facing out there and we're going to look at them through the framework of the Word of God. So this week, if I have your cell phone number, I'm sorry if I missed you, uh, but I sent out a text message and I asked you the question, what do you see uh, in the world today? What does it feel to you like we are just surrounded by in the world today? And about, uh, we had about 75 responses. Uh, and actually, of those 75 responses, we had about 35 different answers. Uh, 35 different things that you said, I feel surrounded by this today. So uh, today uh, is a 35-point sermon. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what we're going to do uh, is we're going to take the top responses that you answered, uh, and we're going to tackle them and come at them from the framework uh, of the Word of God. Now, the top two answers on the list, it was kind of interesting. Uh, one of them, it was your top answer. It wasn't even on my list. Uh, I have a certain perspective as a pastor, which is why I wanted to reach out to you. Uh, and you guys said, I see this so much in the world today, and it wasn't even on my list. I'm going to make you wait until next week to find out what that is, though. Uh, <laughs> the second thing on your list was at the top of my list, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I asked you, 
What do you feel surrounded by in the world today? You said it feels like we are surrounded by uncertainty. Uh, we live in a world of uncertainty. Uh, there is economic uncertainty. There is political uncertainty. You name it. Uh, we do not know what tomorrow holds. Now, that statement has always been true. Uh, but there are times in life where it feels a little more true than others. Uh, it feels right now like that statement has never been more true, that we do not know what tomorrow holds. I want you to know that is okay. Uh, you cannot avoid uncertainties in life. Uh, you're actually not supposed to. And in fact, as we're going to see today, often God calls us into seasons of uncertainty because it's in those seasons that we have to walk by faith. Today I want to look at one of the greatest seasons of uncertainty in the history of Israel. Uh, that took place when Israel was transitioning uh, from Moses to Joshua. Uh, when the leadership of Israel, that mantle of leadership, was transitioning from the person of Moses to the person of Joshua. Now you've probably heard the statement, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Uh, anybody heard that? Just me? Okay, everybody's heard it. Uh, somebody actually said to me this week, uh, I, I wrote it down. They said, why can't we recognize that we're in the good old days during the good old days? Uh, we always look back and we remember uh, the good old days. and uh, We remember, but for the most part, when Israel was under the leadership of Moses, that was not the case. For the most part, it seems that Israel actually recognized, hey, we've got something special here. Because this guy leading our nation, he met with God face to face. This is the guy who stood before Pharaoh and demanded that he release us from captivity. This is the guy that led us out of Egypt and we walked through the Red Sea on dry ground with water on each side. The people recognized this. Actually, in Deuteronomy 34, it says, no one had ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. They all saw it. They knew that this guy was something special. And coming out of the Red Sea, the Bible says that Moses led the Israelites uh, into a 40-year period in the wilderness. For 40 years, they were wandering in the wilderness on their way to the Promised Land, and they come to the Jordan River. Uh, go ahead and put the picture of the Jordan River on there. Now, the Jordan River represents the end of the line for Moses. The Jordan River represents the end of the line for, the Moses, or for Moses, and it represents a whole lot of change for the people of Israel. Uh, on one side of the Jordan River, it's almost like a boundary line. On one side, there's Moses... There's the wilderness. Now, the wilderness is not always the most uh, pleasant place, but they know it. They've been there for 40 years. They know uh, the wilderness. On the other side of the Jordan, it's uncertainty because there's new leadership. There's new land. There's new ways of living. There's new challenges. It is a world of unknowns. And I want you to consider with me this morning. Uh, Joshua 5 says that uh, at this point, when they're standing at the Jordan River, Every man of military age from the time of Exodus has now died. Uh, what that tells us is the overwhelming majority of those who were there at the Exodus or, or the, the overwhelming majority of those who are there now at the Jordan River were either 
young children at the time of the Exodus or they weren't, weren't born yet. What that tells us is the wilderness was all they knew. Moses was all they knew. Think about this. All they knew was when I wake up in the morning, I open the door and there is manna laying on the doorstep for me. God has provided the food for the day. That's all they knew. And in fact, the Bible tells us that during the time in the wilderness, they'd only been in a, a couple of battles uh, during that period of time. So as they're crossing the Jordan River, they're going into this season of life where they're going to start going into battle after battle. And most of the battle-proven people have died by this point. Consider all of the questions that are awaiting them on the other side of the Jordan River, which, by the way, God is calling them into. There's the question of what's it going to be like when Joshua is leading us instead of Moses? What's life going to be like when we're no longer in the wilderness? What's life going to be like when I have to provide for my family instead of finding uh, manna uh, on the doorstep? God is calling them into uncertainty. Now, it's the promised land that he's calling them into, but the people, the inhabitants of the land, are not giving it up easily. They're fighting for the land, and the Israelites have to fight for the promise. And there's Joshua himself. Uh, Joshua's situation is full of questions. Will the people of Israel follow me the way that they followed Moses? Will they respect me? Will they receive me? Will God do miracles in my life the way that he's done miracles through Moses? Will God lead the way the way he did for Moses? Will he protect us from battle to battle? So even in the leader's eyes, there is nothing but uncertainty on the other side of the river. And as the people, as the people of Israel and Joshua are kind of dealing with these questions and these insecurities, uh, Moses comes to them with the same word. And that's what we're going to look at today in Deuteronomy chapter 31, beginning with verse 1. It says, Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old and I am no longer able to lead you. For the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. We're going to skip down to verse 6. He said to them, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them. Then Moses summoned Joshua, and he said to him in the presence of all of Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. Now, I looked at the, the original language of that strong and courageous and it's really interesting. The word strong means to be uh, strong. It means to be physically strong. But the word used for courageous, actually the literal translation means to be mentally strong. So when, when Moses gives this command, he's saying, you be physically strong and you be mentally strong. In other words, don't just look strong on the outside, but tremble with fear on the inside. Uh, God doesn't want them to, to go into the land with this facade of strength. 
when they're actually trembling with fear on the outside. And the truth is, and if we're being honest, it's the truth for much of the church as well. This is how we go through life. We portray uh, courage and strength on the outside, but inside we're full of insecurities and fear and anxiety. Actually, one of the top answers to the question this week, what are we surrounded by, was we are surrounded by anxiety. Now, I want to be abundantly clear uh, if you struggle with anxiety, uh, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you and to let you know in case you've decided this is just my burden to bear in life. No, that's not God's plan that you just walk through life bearing this burden of anxiety. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, he said, uh, if, if your faith is in me, don't worry about life. Don't worry about your yesterdays, your todays, tomorrow, your tomorrows. Do not worry if you are in Christ. Now, Paul said, don't be anxious for anything. Remember, Paul uh, was the guy who was constantly in prison for his faith, constantly being beaten for his faith, constant be, constantly being threatened. This is the guy who writes the letter that says, don't be anxious about anything. If you are in Christ, there is no place for anxiety in the believer. Now, uh, Philippians chapter 4, I actually want to read that passage. Uh, verse 6, he's writing, uh, and he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but instead do this. In every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, how did Paul live above anxiety when everything in his life pushed him towards anxiety? It's pretty simple because Paul believed, if I present my request to God, then we're good. He believed God hears my prayer. So if I present my request to God, then to continue living in anxiety would be a waste of energy. Uh, according to Paul, anxiety is antithetical to prayer. But peace is the byproduct of prayer. Paul believed that even when you are surrounded by uncertainty or threats or threats of prison or beating, if you present your request to God and you believe in your heart that he hears you, you can live in complete peace. He said a peace that transcends transcends all understanding. Do you know what that means? Here's my interpretation. A peace that just doesn't make any sense. There is a peace in your life that to no one else, it, it makes no sense. You know, I asked some of you this week, a few of you, I said, if you know anyone who is a uh, professing atheist, someone who uh, proudly just says, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a believer, can you ask them that same question? What are we surrounded by? Do you know what the number one answer was? We are surrounded by uh, a world of uncertainty. Do you know what the sad part is? They have no source of peace. Certainty is the only place they can find peace. But we have been given prayer. We have been given access to the throne of God to present every need and every problem and find peace. I want to return to Joshua and Moses. Uh, something you'll hear me say around here is, uh, we have been called to faith, to have great faith, but we have not been called to have blind faith. What I mean by that is there is uh, uh, substantial evidence to substantiate your faith. There is overwhelming evidence to su substantiate your faith in Jesus Christ. 
And when we look at this command to be strong and courageous, it's not a blind command. Uh, in other words, Moses doesn't just say, you be strong and courageous, and then he goes on his way. But he gives them the source of courage and the source of strength. So I want to start with what Moses said to the Israelites. In Deuteronomy 31 again, we're going to read 1 through 6. It says, Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I'm now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. Now, here's where he gives the reason for courage. He says, the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of the land. On to verse 5, it says, the Lord will deliver them to you. And you must do to them all that I've commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. So Moses gives the people of Israel two cornerstones that says, this is where you find your courage and your strength in the midst of seasons of uncertainty. For those uncertainties and unknowns, the, the other side of the Jordan you have to understand that God actually goes ahead of you into the uncertainties. God goes ahead of you into the unknowns. And God fights your battles ahead of you. God makes a path for you. God makes a way where there seems to be no way. And then he says, if that isn't enough, then he comes back and he escorts you through the path that he just prepared for you. If you believe this, you can walk into uncertainties and unknowns with full courage and full strength and full confidence and boldness, knowing, hey, God's already been there, and now God's with me going into it again. Then Moses turns to Joshua. So that's the message he gave to the nation of Israel. Then he turns to Joshua, and he tells him to be strong and uh, courageous, but he tells him where to find his uh, courage. In verse 7, it says, Moses summoned Joshua, and he said to him in the presence of all of Israel, and I love that, that uh, he lays this before him for everyone to hear. He says, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with the people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. And then he gives him the reason for his courage. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So again, Moses turns to Joshua and he gives him the exact same foundation for courage and strength in the midst of uncertainties. He said, you have to understand that on the other side of the Jordan, in the unknowns, God goes ahead of you and then God stays with you. God prepares the way even when you can't see him working, even when you don't see him moving, God is there. God is there, church. And then he comes back and he walks with you through the midst of the uncertainties. And he says, he will never forsake you. Now, church, this is not a lesson for you in Old Testament history. What I am giving you is the foundation for courage and strength when you walk out those doors. When you walk into the midst of uncertainty, you can have courage and peace and boldness and strength knowing that God has gone before you. God has prepared every situation for you. And then God is with you every step of the way. 
David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. I can go through the darkest seasons this world has to offer without fear. Because I understand and I know one thing. God is with me. Renee, could you come please? If we fast forward into the New Testament, we find another great season of uncertainty. Uh, there's a group of men who have left their livelihoods to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, they've left their jobs, they've left their friends, many of them have left their families to devote their lives to following Jesus Christ. But then Jesus does what he came to do. Jesus gives his life on the cross. Now this morning we have the benefit of hindsight and we have the benefit of the New Testament in the Bible. So we know how the story ends. Those who were walking in that moment, they didn't know how the story ends. All they know is I have given everything to follow this man and he is gone. I have given everything, my life, given up everything to follow him and he's gone can you imagine a season of more uncertainty than that more of an unknown than that it is a season of pure confusion for the disciples the Bible says that the ground began to shake and the stone church was rolled away. And here's what I want you to hear. Jesus did his greatest work in a season of uncertainty. Jesus did his greatest work in a season that was full of questions and confusion and unknowns and God, what is going on here? And that is when Jesus moved church. You have to understand you may be in the midst of uncertainties in your own life. God, why is this happening? Why is this not happening? I don't see you moving. Jesus was moving the whole time and you have to have faith in that. You have to have faith that in your situation, he is ahead of you and he is moving and he is with you. Can you stand with me? Jesus made sure, he, he made certain to say something at the end of his ministry, after his resurrection. He stood before the disciples in Matthew 28, 20. According to Matthew, it's the very last words out of his mouth. He said, surely, certainly, I am with you always. Because of that single statement, you can walk into any situation in life with unshakable courage, with immovable peace, because we can know, know, church, that God is with us. I hope you're receiving this as as good news as it was for me as I was receiving it this week. 
every unknown in life, God is there. Every uncertainty in life, God is there. Everywhere you look and you say, God's not moving there. Everything says God's... No, God is there. It's a good day, church. I'm going to ask this morning that we have a prayer team uh, come up here. Marlon, if you could come and run. Anyone else who likes to pray. I hope that's everybody. But If you need prayer for anything, anything, I don't care if it has nothing to do with the message. We want to lift you up. We want to encourage you. If you're here and you say, I'm in that uncertain season where I cannot see God moving in it, allow us to pray with you. Jesus, we gather again in your presence. I pray that this word will be planted in our hearts, God. I pray this morning that this will be a room where we have peace in the midst of adversity, in the midst of confusion, God, that we are full of a peace that just doesn't make sense. Church, if you need prayer for anything, we're going to offer it. I asked someone this morning uh, that same question, what are we surrounded by uh, in the world today? And he said, if you are a believer, you are surrounded by his spirit. And when you leave this place and, and all the negatives that it feels like we're surrounded by. You remember that, that above all, we are surrounded by the Spirit of the living God. We can have a peace that just don't make sense. Father, I pray you go with us this day. Lord, that for some of us, you are sending us into the unknowns. I pray that we go with courage, with physical strength, and with mental strength, God, with peace and confidence. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, have a great week. Thank you so much for coming out. We're going to do this again next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.